Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Welcome to Fitness Disrupted, a production of iHeartRadio. I am Tom Holland, and this is Fitness Disrupted. So if you've listened to other podcasts of mine, it may come as no surprise that I'm a big fan of running. Been running for a long time. Couldn't do it when I was younger. Tried to, loved to, but I was someone who was plagued with injuries, most notably shin splints. Back when I was about nine or 10, it started horrific, horrific shin splints. And it got worse as I did more, especially football. And I look back, much of it had to do with too much too soon. You know, the football coaches would push us really hard, short amount of time. You'd spend all summer maybe not working out, uh, not running at that age. And then you'd go to Football, hell week, you know, two weeks of nonstop working out several times a day, and I got shin splints. So to think that I do what I do today, having done, you know, Ironman races, marathons, ultra marathons, just shows you what you can do. And that's what this show's about is busting through the myths. And so many people who think they can't do something can. And I have spent my lifetime training those people, helping them figure out their weak links and fix them. And today we're going to talk about running and the number one, and I hate the term, but I had to throw it in there, secret, right? The number one secret to becoming a better runner. And it's going to surprise you, and maybe it won't, but it goes to the theme of my shows, that we take the science, we take the research, then we take the anecdotal which are are just real-world experiences, people who run and clients I've worked with and myself being one great research subject. And we take all of that, we combine it, we look at common sense, and we figure out what works. And quite often, it's what works in a certain order. And that's what is so often missed when it comes to fitness and exercise and sports is we try to run too far, too soon. We try to do too much. We try to, we go to the second level stuff, the second level stuff. I love that term. And if you haven't listened to that podcast I did, you have to, because that is what is so often the mistakes people make when it comes to nutrition and exercises is you jump right to the second level stuff. And this shows all about the secret is the first level. The secret is the first level, and it goes to science, and it goes to experience, and it makes complete sense, and it's actually great news, great news, because it doesn't cost a lot of money, and that's the other 
thing, by the way. The second level stuff is often people trying to sell you stuff. People trying to sell you gear, people trying to sell you uh, training modalities, their, their, their secret to running better. And I'm not going to name specifics, but anyone who's been around running for a while knows what I'm talking about. And I'm going to give you some studies that actually debunk many of those methodologies. So you've got these running quote unquote gurus who have the one way to run and you have to run their way. And if you don't, you're going to get hurt and you're not going to be as good a runner. Years ago, when I was a trainer, I've talked about one thing I used to do with clients, especially when I moved out of the city, was just run with them. Regardless of their goals, often it was weight loss. A lot of times it was, you know, stress reduction, many different things, but we had to do cardio. And sometimes we would, you know, do strength training for a half an hour and then run for a half an hour. Other clients, we would run for a full hour or longer. And oftentimes it was to figure out their weak links as well. When people say they can't run because I have bad knees, I have a bad back, we go, okay, let's figure that out and let's fix that. Not to say you have to run, but it is so natural, people. Yes, we were born to run. My first major guest on this show, Dr. Daniel Lieberman from Harvard. Yes, we were born to run. The book Born to Run is based on the study he did of that name, taken from his study. We evolved. We, we went from, you know, four, <laughs> being on, on, on four legs to two legs for a reason, for many reasons. And, and we ran and we continue to run. So the fact that it is so out of the norm today and so many people can't do it, that's not a good thing. But back to when I was running with clients, there was one woman in particular, and we went out for a run one day, and we had run many times before, and she was doing something totally bizarre. Her running style was totally bizarre. I was like, what are you doing? It was, it was so unnatural, and it was so obvious because I'd run with her so many times, and she said, oh, I did a weekend seminar. I'm not going to name the very well-known running guru, and she said, this is what <laughs> I was taught to do. And it was so unnatural. And I said, well, you know what? I wouldn't do that. Personally, I wouldn't. It, it, it looked bizarre. She was wasting incredible amounts of energy. And I'm going to talk about that. How, how do I know by looking? And that's one of the problems with running coaches. But I'm getting ahead of myself. But it was just, it was so unnatural. And I'll leave it at that. It wasn't her normal running style, which I had seen so many times before, so many miles, so many runs. But it was such an obvious change in so many ways, and she was overthinking it. You could literally look at her and see that she was, you know, concentrating on how to run. You know how we should run? Naturally. Okay. Quick break. When we come back, going to jump into it. I love this topic. You should love this. Even if you're a non-runner, but you're someone who said, you know, you're thinking, God, you, you love to just go out and enjoy a couple miles, three miles, or maybe you're a runner who's gotten injured and wants to go back to it, or you're a super competitive runner or triathlete or athlete. This show's for you. We'll be right back. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. 
a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Back when I was a trainer coaching people, I used to coach for marathons, for triathlons, for many different events like that. Oftentimes people would say, Tom, can you teach me to run better? Can you coach my running style? Now, let me preface this by saying there are certain rules of thumb that you will read about when it comes to running and running form. They include not swinging your arms across the midline of your body, right? So your right arm, left arm, when you're running, you shouldn't be rotating. You should be going front to back. Makes sense. Also often quoted is 90 degrees of arm bend. Things like that, shoulders down. Now, here's the thing. <laughs> uh, let me just bring up, and I remember seeing this woman, there's Chinese marathon woman, idiosyncratic style of running, and her name is Yuka Ando. Okay, she runs with her arms almost completely straight down. And not only does she run with her arms almost completely straight, so she's not swinging them front to back, she doesn't have 90 degrees of arm bend, and she ran, I think her, her PR is a 221 marathon. So it's such a perfect example of there is no one way to run. There is no one way to run. We are all different. And yes, we will take those basic guidelines and start from there. But here's the thing, when it comes to looking at someone's running style, it cannot really be done. So you say, how, how is it done? If you want to truly test running economy, and I'll describe what that is, you need to go into a laboratory. You need to go into a laboratory. So, of course, there are many running coaches, uh, cross-country, that will look at people and say, okay, here's, here's where we start. But then you look at someone like this Chinese runner. And yes, she's somewhat of an outlier, but we all have genetically predetermined ways of doing things. And that includes something as simple and basic and natural as running. Okay. And two things I'm going to just throw out there, the scientific terms, you've got a VO2 max and you've got running economy. Okay. Your VO2 max, you may have heard about this before. It's defined as the maximum volume of oxygen per unit time that you can use at your maximum exertion. What does that mean? That simply means it's your body's ability to use oxygen during exercise. Now, a huge part of this is genetic. Some people, when they say, if you want to be a great athlete, pick your parents wisely. So sure, you are born with a certain VO2 max, but that is not the end-all be-all. So VO2 max, yes, depends greatly on your genetics, and it represents your body's ability to, you know, perform exercise but you can also improve it, okay? Research has shown you can improve it up to as high as 15 to 20% through proper training. We're gonna talk about what that is, okay? But then there's running economy. So basically your VO2 max is your highest end, the most you can use, right? But then your running economy, now I'm gonna give you the kind of scientific <laughs> definition and I'm gonna give you the, the more basic, okay? So one definition, the more scientific definition of running economy 
it represents a complex interplay of physiological and biomechanical factors that is typically defined as the energy demand for a given velocity of submaximal running and expressed as the submaximal oxygen uptake at a given running velocity. You go, what the heck does that mean? Okay, it's basically the amount of oxygen, the amount of energy you use at a certain running speed. And that is assessed and measured by measuring your oxygen uptake. Okay, so the lower the energy required to run at a speed, the better your running economy and the more efficient you are, the faster you can go for a longer amount of time. Running economy. So how do we improve that? Now, here's something that's interesting. You can have a high VO2 max. You can be born with good genetics, but you can have a relatively low running economy. And the person who has the higher running economy is going to beat the person who does not. So take people with the same genetics, the same VO2 max. It's the person with the higher running economy that is going to win and, and run faster longer. And you can have a lower VO2 max, but a higher relative running economy, and again, beat that person. Okay? Runners with good economy use less oxygen than runners with poor economy at the same steady state speed. And again, that is tested in a laboratory. You put a mask on, you go through a graded test, okay, on a treadmill at various speeds for anywhere 3 to 15 minutes, and the data is analyzed. You wear this mask and the gases that you give off and, and your body's response and a bunch of things are done, and I've had it done. And if you're truly into this, it's a really fun thing to do. You can do it for bike and run. Many triathletes will do this, and I used to send clients to Adelphi University to have it done, and I did it myself, and it's really interesting. But that's the way you test. You can't just look. If someone looked at that Chinese runner, a, a bad coach would have looked at that Chinese runner and said, change your arm swing. Change your arm swing. And most likely, it would have made her run less fast. She would have been less economical. Okay, so VO2 max, genetic, but trainable. Running economy, definitely trainable. And just because you have a lower VO2 max, thanks to your parents, doesn't mean you can't be a great athlete. If you do, the things we're going to talk about. Okay, but just know that you don't have to pay someone to just look at you and change your running form. And you know, a lot of times you go into running stores, and I love when they have a treadmill and they look at the way you run, but for the most part, that's to see your foot strike, we're going to talk about that, and things like that. But again, if you truly want the scientific explanation of where you are with your running economy and what you can change, and even the what you can change part is going to go to the secret that I'm going to give you. That's not going <laughs> to, that's, that, again, may surprise you, may not. All right. And we're going to talk about some studies. You have to. Studies about what you do to get to become a better runner. And I was just talking with someone and, and over the years, so many people have said to me, I'm just, I wasn't meant to run. And that always makes me sad. And there was a person just who I was talking to recently who is using an indoor uh, exercise bike, but she said, you know, she goes out to run and fill in the blank again. This hurts. That hurts. And if she were a client of mine years back, we'd go out and we'd figure it out. And most likely it's a, it's a strength thing or a, a weakness, an imbalance. And those things are fixable. Those things are fixable. So too often, it gets too complicated. It gets too complicated. So when I wrote my book, The Marathon Method, back in the day, I was just finishing up my master's degree, had all this incredible knowledge on heart rate zones and, and things like that. And then I sat down to think, what is going to truly help people? What do they really need? And this goes to exactly the topic of this show. What do they need to get better? To start especially, what is the progression? Is it these complex heart rate zone training? And there's a well-known book out there, and the guy's amazing as far as, you know, his knowledge 
And for those of you who have read these types of books and are, are more into the endurance sports, you know, you have these training zones. And they'll say, run at this training zone in this window. And oftentimes it's like a really narrow window. It's five beats. And you go outside and it's really hard to do because you have hills, uphills, downhills, stop signs, so many different things. And that second level stuff is where I'm getting to for so many people. That's second level stuff. So how we're what, 16 minutes into the show? Here you go. What is the number one thing that's going to make you a better runner? <laughs> you need to run. You need to run frequently. That's the secret to running better, to becoming a better runner. And I'm going to give you some studies in just a second that goes to that. So again, you get these coaches who make it really complicated because they want to sell their books and they want to sell their products, you know, uh, so many different products now. Then when I started to make you a better runner, none of that matters if you don't put in the miles. None of that matters. I'll never forget when I first started doing triathlon, when it came to biking, you know, it was called, you know, miles in the saddle, time in the saddle. And the same thing holds true for running. I'm going to give you the reasons why, but you can't do any of the other things. Heart rate zones don't matter. The, the, the different supplements you take, the, the way you structure your runs, if you're not running frequently, it doesn't matter. The body is a really smart machine. Okay, the body doesn't want to waste energy and your body will generally go to the path of least resistance. I'm going to jump ahead of myself a little bit here as well. So I was out on a bike ride this past weekend and from a distance and it was brutally hot. It was a great day. I love the heat. And there weren't a lot of people out, especially running. And I chose biking for the re- It was brutally, even though I like running in the heat, you know, this was a bike day for me. Anyway, from a distance, I saw a runner coming towards me. And just from the gate, from so far away, I could tell this was a trained runner. And my guess was he was an Ironman triathlete because I'd seen this so many times. And an experienced Ironman triathlete. You say, how the heck did you know that? Because of his running economy. Because he was not wasting any energy. It was a soft foot strike. It was, he was so relaxed from the distance. You could just tell. Now, here's the thing. How do you get to that point is, did this guy go to a running coach? I actually know him as he got closer. I I knew who he was. But you get that good in my experience. And according to some studies, I'm going to give you right now in a second, (laughs) by putting in the miles because your body becomes more efficient. Your body doesn't want to waste energy. Think about that. If you run really far, do you think all of that wasted energy, your body will say, you know what? I'm going to start to conserve energy. I'm going to stop wasting this motion, wasting this energy through wasted motion. So I have watched people and myself being one who's, I didn't, I've never gone to a running coach per se. And it's putting in the time. It's putting in the miles. It's getting out there and just running that makes you a better runner. But that doesn't sell the books. That doesn't sell the the technique, the different running techniques. I'm going to talk about the four-foot striker. It doesn't sell barefoot shoes. And all of these topics, by the way, I have done or will do in separate shows. Barefoot running four-foot striking. I'm going to give you a study on that shortly. Doesn't sell books. Telling people to run more frequently, you know, again, Matt Fitzgerald, frequency of running. You, You listen to guys like him who not only have written about it for really long time, so many different books, but are high level athletes themselves. And it's about putting the time in. And that's great news. You don't have to drastically, nor should you, change your running style based on someone's just outward observation. You can, and it can work occasionally, and I'll give you that study. I don't just give you studies. I'm giving you the studies, period. All right? Let's get to them. 
All right. So we're talking about the studies. We're talking about running economy, how you become a better runner, what makes you a better runner, and aerobic capacity and running economy. So here's your first study. Uh, Boom, boom, boom. The title is The Effect of Stride Length Variation on Oxygen Uptake During Distance Running. I love this one for one main reason. Uh... But it was, you know, not a huge study, and it was in uh, medicine and science in sports and exercise. And by the way, 1982, there's so little research in running economy and things like that. So many of these studies are way back when, and they're, they're really limited because it is complicated. It is relatively complicated to, to, you know, do these studies in the way that we're talking about. But here you go. So 10 runners did several bouts of treadmill exercise And what they did was they changed their stride length, okay, to see what effect that would have on their running economy. And what they found was that each subject ran most uh, economically, consumed the least oxygen again, when taking strides close to his or her natural stride length. Okay, what is that? I love this. In parentheses, the stride length used when running without any supervision or feedback. Lard deviations from this natural stride length resulted in a less favorable running economy. Okay? Coach telling you what to do, sometimes it can be helpful. I don't want to throw every coach under the bus. But what is going to matter most is if you're a cross-country runner, how many times a week you're running. Frequency and volume. Frequency and volume. There's a reason why. Top marathoners log 100-plus miles per week and do multiple runs per day. Final little line from this study I love. The relatively efficient running patterns used by the subjects during unrestricted running indicate either an adaptation to the chosen stride length through training or a successful process of energy uh, optimization. Your body goes to where it needs to go when you do that thing enough times. It learns. It learns. We have, uh, I love uh, in so many different ways, talk about strength training, cardio. Our bodies are really smart machines that adapt to be better when you ask more of it. That's why when you strength train, you break down muscle fibers and it rebuilds itself to become stronger. Your bones, if you use them more, weight-bearing activities, they become stronger. And this goes to the use it or lose it. And it's why it makes me so sad when people say they can't run. Now, I know people hate running. There are many people out there. But one of the main reasons is because you have those aches and pains. Running is so natural for us. And the more we weigh the more challenging it is. I've experienced this myself. When I lifted, you know, got a lot more muscle and put on some weight and went out for a run and was at my peak weight and and muscle uh, tissue, it was such an eye-opener. And getting ahead of myself for another show, but one of the second (laughs) top things if you want to become a faster runner is you, you need to weigh your optimal weight. The lighter goes faster, Okay. All right, that's getting ahead of myself, though. uh, Study number two, training for aerobic capacity and running economy. Again, old study, 1981 in the physician and sports medicine. And the summary, basically, successful long-distance running is often attributed to what? A high VO2 max. But running economy, the steady-state oxygen consumption at a given speed may be more important. Okay, this was a really, I think they looked at one guy in this study, but they found improvement after training. So just putting in the miles. And for this study, it was interval training. And I will talk about that at the close of the show. But a small difference in running economy can make a large difference in your endurance capability. Okay? But it's about putting in the miles. Third study, most marathon runners. I love this one. So we're talking about foot strike. Huge topic. Oh, can't wait to do a whole show on that, but uh, it's just a part of this one. So most marathon runners at the 2017 World Championships were rear foot strikers, and most did not change foot strike patterns. Journal of Biomechanics 2019. Huge topic. And I saw, and I'm going to, within the podcast I will do shortly on just this topic, I am a member of the American Medical Athletic Association. We have conferences with some of the smartest people giving lectures, and there was a debate. 
a debate at the Marine Corps Marathon years ago between a barefoot runner and another person who was talking about that, you know, it didn't matter where your foot strike was and that most runners are not doing the forefoot or midfoot strike. So that you can basically land on the back of your foot, the middle of your foot, or the front of your foot. So the debate is what's best and should you change it? And that is so much of that running guru lore that I was talking about at the beginning of the show where they try to change your foot strike. And they'll say, well, if you land on your heel, more of the forces go up your leg, and that's where so many of the injuries come from. All right, so this study looked at the marathon at the 2017 IAAF World Championships. Uh, The researchers set up high-speed cameras to capture foot-striking pattern of elite runners as they raced. Okay? Dozens of cameras. What did they find? The most prevalent striking pattern was rear foot throughout the race. In fact, the top four finishers, all rear foot strikers. Of the 70 runners analyzed during the fourth lap of the men's marathon, 47 of them, which was 67%, landed on their heels. 21, which was 30%, landed on their midfoot. And two, 3% landed on their forefoot. When it came to the women, 78 runners, 57, which was 73%, Landed on their heel, 19, which was 24, landed on their midfoot, and two, back to 3%, were on their forefoot. Now, I get it. People go, well, I'm not an elite runner. Okay, yeah, but we look at what they do and think, well, is that the best way to do it? But this is a huge chicken and egg controversy. I don't read this enough. So my take on this is one of the factors is, do they run the way they run because they put in more miles? And even so, they are still primarily landing on their heel. So I'm just bringing this up because so much of the running coaching where people try to change your stride, they try to change the way you land. And a lot of that has to do with your shoes. And they'll give you these shoes, oh my gosh, that are supposed to put you in your four-foot strike. Uh, Back to that symposium (laughs) uh, (laughs) between the two, the debate. Where should you land on your foot? One of the presenters actually brought up video of someone who is a runner and is a proponent, a well-known proponent of the four-foot strike and says that the shoes, not going to name the brand, but the shoes they run in put you in the four-foot strike. And that's the thing. They, they unnaturally, I would say, put you into that four-foot strike. Or do they? Because this, the person... Uh, debating that specific person, I'm trying to keep it vague as possible, brought up video of this person actually running an Ironman race and landing on their heels. So even though they were running in the shoe that is supposed to put you into the four-foot position, this person was not doing so. And by the way, one of the major factors involved with your foot strike, as you get more fatigued, you get back on your heels. And that's often found in the research as well. Okay, Uh, Another study, Strategies to Improve Running Economy, Sports Medicine 2015. Okay, improvements in running economy have traditionally been achieved through what? Endurance training, through putting in the miles. Now, it goes on to say, uphill and level ground high-intensity interval training, that's another frequently prescribed form of training. And I've done specific shows on the value of uphill training and interval training. We'll talk about that real quickly, and I've done those shows as well. But you have to put in the miles first because here's the thing. You can't go hard before you build your base. And that is a huge takeaway from this show is, yes, you can get really specific about your running and you can start doing the high-intensity intervals. You go to the track. But that's the faster you go, generally speaking, the more likely you are to get injured. And if you don't have a base of strength, if you have the weaknesses that haven't been built up, that haven't been strengthened through what? Just running? You're going to get hurt. And that is why so many people get hurt. That is why so many people don't enjoy running. It's going to exactly what this show and and Fitness Disrupted as a whole is about. It's the basics. You have to do the basics first. And the basics are what get you really good. Listen, back when I was, I'll, I'll wait for that, but it's worth talking about at the end of the show. Okay. And, and this study, by the way, also talks about research about resistance training and plyometrics helping with running economy. All true. All true. But you have to get your base of strength first. You can't go out and run fast and go hard and do all those things and expect to be good if you don't put in the miles. 
two more, two more studies. This one, BMC Sports Science, Medicine, and Rehabilitation 2016, an empirical study of race times in recreational endurance runners. Interesting study. It was a survey used to collect data from recreational runners, endurance runners, just over 2,000, about 2,300 runners. And this, I saved this, there's two for last. They found a very strong correlation between what? Weekly running mileage and race times ranging from the 5K to the marathon. The more miles these runners ran, the faster they raced. The more miles these runners ran, the faster they raced. So the the question is, how many miles, right? You can't do too many or you get hurt. So you have to build up slowly, periodization. But the be-all, end-all wasn't how much interval training they did or, you know, what type of shoes they wore or what type of foot strike they had or who their running coach was or what their form for running, you know, is or their, you know, uh, recovery methods or something. You got to just do it. You know, I say frequently that Nike got it half right. It's not just do it. It's just do it frequently. Just do it frequently. Final break and we'll be right back. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. When Dr. Sabah and I decided to do a skincare line together, he said to me, we are going to give women meaningful beauty. And I said, that's exactly right. We want to give women meaningful beauty, which means each and every product is meaningful. It has a a reason to exist. It's efficacious. You're going to get results. And then you just go out and live your life. Meaningful Beauty. Confidence is beautiful. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Okay, saved what I consider to be the best for last, although all of these studies go into what I'm talking about. And sometimes I feel crazy when I do these shows because I know people are listening and they're going, it's, it's, really, it's that simple? Yes. Fitness and nutrition, one of the major issues with both is that you have self-proclaimed experts who are not, who grab onto one thing, one thing, and that's how they make their name. And it's over, it's making it overly complex. It's not looking at the science. It's what this show is all about. I can't say that enough times. Listen, I'd love to impress you with my, you know, knowledge of heart rate zones and power and things like that. Who cares? My goal is to get you 
the greatest results in the shortest amount of time with the least likelihood of injury. And I am living proof of that. You know, I know I'm N equals one. I'm just one, you know, subject in, in the experiment of fitness. But I was someone who couldn't run, who had all those issues. I just, I don't probably talk about it enough because I don't like focusing on the negative. But you have to know from where I came as well. I was not coming out of the womb running. And I had those issues, huge issues. And how did I get better? By running and building up slowly. Okay, all right. Final study. Running economy, measurement norms, and determining factors. This was Sports Medicine Open 2015. One, one line, I'm just going to pull from it. And this goes to everything we're talking about. An economical change in one athlete may be uneconomical in another athlete because of differences in other physiological or biomechanical characteristics. I'm going to read it one final time because it goes to the entire theme of changing your running gait by just looking at you or following some running guru's self-proclaimed, you know, one way to run. An economical change in one athlete may be uneconomical in another because of differences in other physiological or biomechanical characteristics. If you want to know your running economy, you have to go into a lab and see what's going on. And yes, there are subtle changes you can make, but you still don't know. If you make those changes, ideally, you still don't know because you don't know how your body's responding. Now, you can look at running times and things like that, but there's the chicken and egg controversy again. You may be changing these things subtly, but you're putting in the miles. So was it the changes in your running form or is it the miles? And you're changing your running form and putting in the miles. You may be able to run faster if you just stick to what's natural. The more you run, the better your body becomes at it. So it is that chicken and egg controversy when it comes to that. I will go back to your body as a very smart machine. It doesn't want to waste energy, especially in the later miles. The farther you run, the better you will become, okay? Or the, or the more miles you put in. You got to be careful. You can't do too many too soon, okay? Frequency over complexity. Frequency over complexity, especially when you're starting. You can't go to the track and start hammering out repeats or on the treadmill at a class or on, you know, some content until you've built that base of strength. That goes for everything. You need to build your base. So I'm now 51. I am not putting in the longer runs that I used to. So I am doing more frequent short runs. So there's one, now, if you're a beginner and you want to run uh, or log more miles, or you're someone like me who's getting up there and doesn't want to be hurt, I'm doing shorter runs. So rather than running an eight-mile run like I used to, I'll do a four-mile run in the morning and another four-mile in the evening. Because the longer we run, the more our body starts to break down and get slower and do things that, you know, aren't perfect. But as we get older, that becomes more important. That's not to say I don't do longer runs. I'm just smart about it. So I'm breaking them up more frequently. So the mileage may be the same, but it's quality over quantity. I'm mixing it up more than I used to when it comes to the longer runs. And that's, it is working. You know, as we start to go longer, over an hour, things like that, your body starts to break down a little bit more. So if you're going to put in the miles and you want to be safe and you're getting older or you're just starting out, I suggest, and a lot of the research shows, frequency. And, you know, most marathoners or endurance athletes will have that one long run on the weekend. And that's one great way to get it in. All right. But <laughs> the number one secret to becoming a better runner, drum roll, please. Just run. Just run. I always think back to cavemen. Do you think cavemen were worried about forefoot, rear foot striking? <laughs> they were barefoot, I guess, right? And that goes to a whole nother thing about running shoes and I will talk about that in a separate show, and I've hit on it a little bit in previous ones. But even running shoes can make it unnatural. But that doesn't mean we suddenly start running barefoot again. That's a huge problem. Okay, I'm going to say it real quickly. 
you know, you can't run in shoes for 40 years that are super supportive and then expect your body to be able to tolerate, for most people, especially if you have more weight, barefoot running or minimalist running. It's all about progression. And it's all about simplifying it. And yes, we can get to the, you know, the more intense workouts and the plyometrics and the interval training and the hill work and things like that. And you should over time if your goals are, are loftier and you want to mix it up and you want to be fitter. But at the end of the day, it's all about time. Excessive moderation. Look at how that always comes back. Excessive moderation doing a lot, a little bit rather than doing a little bit a lot. And especially if you just try to change your gait and don't run frequently, it's not going to have the results that you expect. Simple enough. Trust your body. All right. Hope you enjoyed that, runners, non-runners. And I would love to hear from non-runners who start running. It's one of my favorite things is people who, you know, read my books, listen to the shows, and, and make major change that they didn't think possible. Because that is ultimately what this show is about, helping you look better, feel better, and live longer. Oh, wait. Hold on. I got ahead of myself. Uh, yeah, I have one study. Real quick. Here's how we end the show. So here's one that goes against everything I said. So, somewhat. Effective step length optimization on aerobic demand of running. So this was Journal of Applied Physiology, 1994. So what they found in this study was that most demonstrated a near-optimal stride length for the speed at which they were tested, which goes to everything I just said. You know, their natural stride length was optimal, near optimal for the speed that they were tested. However, nine of the runners were diagnosed as overstriders and were subsequently trained to reduce their strides to a more optimal length. And after three weeks of doing this, these runners showed significant improvement in running economy relative to a control group. So that kind of contradicts what I just said, but does it? And here's why I included that. First of all, I'm going to include all the studies regardless, not just to support a bias that the vast majority of fitness people do. It's nine people, and their running may have been so egregiously wrong. But here's the thing that I love about it. What do many running coaches advise when it comes to running? Lengthen your stride. Lengthen your stride. No, this one, it's the frequency. They were overstriders. They were trained to reduce their strides. So many running coaches say, no, 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 you got to lengthen your stride. Well, for many people, that's the opposite advice. So pulling it all together, I'm not saying that some running coaches that can't help improve your running economy by looking at you. But science says to truly do that, and when you look at the Chinese runner, Yuka Ando, and other runners, just look at the number of different ways people run. So yes, there are ways to improve your running economy. But one of the primary ways you are going to do that is putting in the time. Enough said. Hope you enjoyed that. Love this type of topic. It's exactly what this show's about. Let's look at the science. And it generally will always go back to the simple solution. And it's putting in the time. Put in the time. Don't make it more complicated. Don't waste money on products and programs that aren't going to help anyone other than the people selling the products or the programs. All right. Thank you for listening. If you could rate the show, please come on, rate the show. It takes two seconds. Rate the show. I'd greatly appreciate that. Subscribe as well. Amazing guests, new ones coming up. If you haven't listened, if you're into the running and ultra running, especially Dean Karnazes, uh, just interviewed him. Amazing, amazing guy. And yes, Tom H. Fit is my Instagram. Tom H. Fit is also my Twitter. You can follow me there, reach out to me there, or fitnessdisrupted.com. You can reach out to me right through that as well. My show, my life's work is all about helping people look better, feel better, and live longer. My only bias is wanting you to enjoy your life to the fullest, to live as long as possible and have those years be the highest quality as possible. And that's it because there's three things we control. How much we move, what we put into our mouths, and equally as important, our psychological state, our attitudes. No one can control those three things for you. It is up to you. And I'm here to give you the best information to be able to do that. 
Thank you for listening. I am Tom Holland. This is Fitness Disrupted. Believe in yourself. Fitness Disrupted is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat and support your weight management journey and right now save over 30 percent on smart metabolic burn at getsmartburn.com the lowest price anywhere that's getsmartburn.com don't delay transform your life with smart metabolic burn from brain md these statements have not been evaluated by the food and drug administration our products are not intended to diagnose treat cure or prevent any disease are you feeling overwhelmed by anxiety struggling to find restful sleep or plagued by a restless inability to focus it's time to break free from the chains of mental health challenges and discover a path to healthy living welcome to Amen university founded by renowned psychiatrist and brain health expert dr daniel Amen. dr Amen, alongside a team of esteemed doctors and experts in their fields understands the struggles you're facing and are here to offer solutions from debilitating anxiety to sleepless nights filled with worry our courses are meticulously crafted to target at these specific challenges head on. Join us on a journey of transformation led by Dr. Amen and a roster of top-tier professionals. Say goodbye to the constant battle with your mind and embrace a future filled with hope and possibility. Visit our website today to explore our courses and start your journey towards a brighter tomorrow. Use code BRAIN10 and get 10% off. That's code BRAIN10 and get 10% off your first purchase. Amen University, because your mental health matters.